Hey, y'all, we are back. It's another episode of She Looks Like Me. Please help me welcome today's guest, LaRae Funderburg. She is an attorney and wellness coach who protects brands and energies, okay? She is the creator of Elevate Legally, a comprehensive holistic wellness company designed to reignite purpose and create harmonious lifestyles for high-achieving women lawyers. Her goal with Elevate Legally is to help women unapologetically release the emotional baggage carried for too long and discover inner peace and purpose for the life they deserve. Hi, Lorraine. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Listen, I am great. How are you? I feel like that's a lot. Like these are two very loaded aspects of life. So I am very excited to unpack as much of both of them (laughs) as we can. So before we jump into both of these conversations, I want to know what's bringing you joy these days. For one, my children, right? So I have a nine-year-old son named Preston and a four-year-old daughter named Mahogany. I guess the easier question would be, like, what's not bringing me joy? Because I do just find myself, like, very peaceful at ease. It's like, you know, life could be, you know, a whole lot better, but we're working towards those things for sure. But it's just like everything is good and everything is happening and unfolding in a way that I'm very excited about. Like I said, both of these very loaded subjects, both the legal realm and the wellness, holistic, healing, unpacking, emotional baggage space. I'd really love to know how how the two of these came to be, like what came first, the chicken or the egg? I want to know how we got here to this place where both of these things coexist. So actually, so I went to college thinking that I wanted to be a teacher, right? I wanted to be an elementary school teacher. And uh, when I got to college, I knew a couple of people who were taking early childhood as a major and they like, they didn't seem like they were doing very much to me. They always had like all these art projects going on, Dr. Seuss. And I'm like, oh no, you know, as a first generation college student, I'm like, I can't, I can't go to school and say I was in coloring, you know? So I chose criminal justice as a major and then worked, you know, when I first graduated from Clark, I went to Clark for undergrad, which McCallie. Yeah, I worked for the public defender's office as a paralegal. And then I worked for this death penalty mitigation firm. And so then the next logical step was law school, you know, so I went to law school. But when I got there, I ended up liking intellectual property, you know, like copyrights, trademarks, contracts, all of those things. So when I graduated law school, I started my career in California doing film stuff for the most part. But then I moved to Georgia and I was doing music. But then when I maybe had my daughter, I think a few years ago, and I was like really getting into my own, I started working with Black women business owners and people who wanted to start their businesses and protect their brands and think about their futures and the future generations, you know, building out their legacies. So doing that type of work. And so I started to go on this personal journey of my own at some point, like a very spiritual journey. I went through this uh, rites of passage. I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Queen Afua. She's uh, like really big in the uh, Black conscious community, but she has this sacred woman book that she wrote. It's about like womb wellness, you know, getting back to like nature, doing yoga, practicing Reiki, taking spiritual baths, you know, like journaling, doing lots of things, changing your diet. 
after going through this program, it was like such a transformational experience, you know, for me. I'm like, so we would have to get up in the morning at like four o'clock every morning, every day, right? And do these, uh, our altar calls and have the spiritual baths. And like, so for probably like the first four weeks or so, like every morning I'm in the tub, like just bawling my eyes out, you know, just like, oh my God, you know, and I'm just like, what is it? But it was just like the whole experience that we had, like I said, journaling, getting into the rituals, like getting getting in tune with yourself, really just cleaning out your body, you know, eating only like vegan, you know, plant-based foods and just really being just more aware and conscious of yourself and your connection to everything that's around you. And it was just like such a phenomenal experience for me that I was like, oh my God, I think everybody else needs to feel like this. You know what I mean? I'm like, they need to know like that this is really a thing, like, and you can do it because I'm telling you, like I did it. So it was like, oh, I had to go into figure out more. So I ended up doing my certification for health and wellness. And I actually just completed that, but I have to sit for my boards in October. That was pretty much how they came together. And I figured I'd work with lawyers because they are they would be an easy, <laughs> an easy sell because I'm one of them. <laughs> I am my target demographic. So I'm like, yes. Let's do this. Yeah. When you're your own target demographic, like you can speak to it in a way that nobody else can. <laughs> so Absolutely. I completely understand. So now that you are headed or, or you've moved in the direction, you've decided to focus on black women business owners. I'm really curious because even for myself, like I don't spend a ton of time thinking about the legal aspects of my business because I'm like, <laughs> I'm just not there yet. I'm not there yet. Like I will deal with those problems when those problems seem more like they might actually be at my door. I know it's terrible. Don't listen. Y'all don't judge me if you're listening. Okay. <laughs> but like, I know, right. I think in the basic ways, like you said, copyrights, trademarks, those types of things, what does typical legal services look like for some of your clients? So, I mean, it is going to depend on, you know, what their businesses are. Right. But like, they're definitely going to want to have an entity formed. A lot of small businesses look at LLCs because they give you a shield from personal liability. So for any acts that you you commit under your business, your personal assets are not subject to any lawsuits or things like that. Or you could form a corporation. Most people don't form corporations as just like single business owners because they have to have like a board of directors. They have to keep like do annual uh, registrations, those annual meetings, you know, have with their shareholders and, you know, all hosts of things. Keep more <clears throat> meeting records and all of that stuff in order to be considered an actual corporation, whereas, you know, your limited liability companies don't have those requirements. But that's definitely one of the first things that you're going to want to do is set up an entity. So if you're in business, it's like, oh, no, I'm a freelancer. Like, even as a freelancer, you still want to have an LLC, like something that's shielding you. Then you would want to get an EIN for the business. So that's like the business's tax ID. I mean, like social security number, pretty much. And so you're not using your social security number when you're handling business with other vendors and such. 
So yeah, you would want to do that. You would want to make sure you have all your contracts. So your inter-organizational documents. So if it is a, a LLC, you want an operating agreement because you're going to want to take the articles of organization, which you're going to get from the Secretary of State, and you're going to have the operating agreement and the EIN to get a bank account. Yeah, that's one of the layers of protection that you uh, want to have when you're first getting your business started. And, and definitely contracts like with any and everybody that you're doing business with, for sure. You're going to want to consult with a CPA at some point. I tell people all the time because they're like asking me tax questions. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I do. That's a whole nother person, you know, that you want to see for sure. Um, And yeah, depending on your business, you may have to have certain licenses or permits or things like that. So you'd want to look into that and insurance. And then I always say, like, building out a team. So our contract, like custom contracts, is that something that you could look at me? Obviously, I know that's something attorneys do. Is that something you do? So I do custom contracts for sure. And then I also have another site that has like contract templates. And it's actually on having a sale right now because I'm in the process of redoing the website. So for the entire month of May discount code close out look <laughs> I love it so like you can go to the website is it like kind of a create your own situation yeah so it has a bundle like one big bundle that has over 30 contracts in it but then it has four or five of my bestseller ones that you can just buy separately so so you've got your legal practice, obviously. And then, so we've got Elevate Legally. Now, I'm kind of sad that you allegedly only work with lawyers, but obviously you've got your target demo and you got to do that. So I, I fully respect so you. So I am not exclusive just to lawyers. My target is lawyers. So that's what all my messaging says. But I okay. have worked with non-lawyers for sure. Okay, so that's, listen, that's great news. That's amazing. Because then that makes our conversation all the more relevant (laughs) for anybody who might self-identify today, okay? (laughs) Like one of the things that I do know, and I'm sure you can attest to as well, is like whatever we're going through personally, have gone through personally, will go through personally, oftentimes will show up in business. I don't know. I think men can compartmentalize a little bit better sometimes, but... (laughs) We, especially as women, like everything shows up everywhere. And so the fact that you take a holistic approach, I love because that for me has been one of the biggest challenges whenever I'm looking for support outside of myself is like everybody's focused on the business. Everybody's focused on just do these steps in your business and it'll all be well. And I'm like, not always. No, it's not. That's not always how it works. And nine times out of 10, it's the other stuff that's getting in the way. I just would love to know how you came to this conclusion of like, I mean, again, I know I know you talked about your journey, but kind of how that looks like in practice today and, and how how you start that journey with the client. It really, really depends on them. Right. So I do start them with some guidance just to kind of see where they are, get them to uh, like see where their pain points. I'm like, look, now I sound like a marketer, like really see, but like on, (laughs) not see where their pain points are, but on a like, like what are they in relation to their health or their intimate relationships or personal relationships or career or finances, or you know what I mean? Like those types of things and see which ones 
are the ones that really need to be addressed in that moment. Like the ones that need to be tackled more immediately before, you know, you move to the next one. So it really does just depend on the individual and also what it is that they're feeling around within that session. You know what I mean? It's very much client-led. The entire experience is very much like their experience. Like it's not, we're just there to kind of guide them, hold their hands, get them to dig deeper, ask uh, more pointed questions that get them to understand who they are, what they stand for, and to start moving in that way so that their actions are in alignment with, you know, who it is that they really, really, really are at the end of the day. And so that... It improves the overall quality of your life, you know, moving forward. Yes. No, I love the idea of that. I think one of the things just based on our initial chat was talking about, and even just in your bio, we talk about emotional baggage. But I know for me, and maybe it's just me, that's fine. But maybe somebody else listening doesn't realize that their emotional baggage is baggage, right? Because you carry it for so long. You just think that this is part of your weight. You know, and there's a resistance, right? Like one of my previous episodes, we talk about the stories we tell about ourselves. And it's like carry a narrative about yourself for so long or Mm -hmm. your perspective or lens on your life for so long that you're just like, no, this is what it is. And it's like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's not what it is, you know? So how do you, do you experience resistance in clients in that way? Or do you think they come to you like aware of what the issues are? I definitely experience resistance. Sometimes I'll experience it so much where I'm like, you're not ready to be coached. (laughs) Like, this is not the time for you. You know what I mean? It's like, because sometimes people, they're not, you know what I mean? They're just not in a space in their life where, you know, they're ready to really commit to that work, do that work and be receptive of, uh, you know, the experience, be vulnerable. Like they're not ready in that space. I didn't really ask this, so I'll ask this now. What does receptivity look like? I know for me, what does it look like where I'm just like open? Like what has been, you know, my therapist told me once. She, I mean, she didn't say it like this, but she basically said what you have been doing hasn't been working. So maybe let's mm-hmm. just try this. <laughs> and I trusted her and been going to her long enough to be like, you know what? Fine, I'll do it stubbornly. But... <laughs> I'll go in this direction. And she was right, right, of course. So, you know, I think their receptivity looks different in different folks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And because for some, it doesn't look like that, because I could say even when I started having a coach, like I was receptive to her and the experience But I wasn't, say, like open necessarily in a way like it took me a while to get to the level of what receptive looks like, where it's like, oh, I'm going to trust you, try it and, you know, just like live by it now and see where it takes me. It was like, oh, no, first of all, I'm not really even going to talk to you that much like that. So it was like (laughs) it was like different levels. But I was receptive still to the idea of coaching, but not necessarily receptive to like what was being told to me. So you're right. Receptive does look different, you know, to different people. And it'll be like different layers of it. But like I said, there will be some that are just like, you're like, oh, Oh, no, like this isn't, it's just not your time. What does that work look like for you and your clients? Is it similar to like therapy? What does it look like at the point that somebody's in the receptive mode? They are 
ideal, their high achieving businesswoman. What does that look like for your clients? Like I said, it really just depends on on the client. But what I will say for the most part, because the client is is speaking for probably 80 percent of the conversation. Right. We're going over like first always starting a session with like, oh, some grounding exercises, you know, breathing, walking you through, just kind of like getting you into a space for sure, releasing any of the days, the weeks, like whatever, uh, stresses and tensions, you know, all that good stuff. Starting with like, you know, their wins, whatever, you know, three things that they had like that were big or that they had accomplished that week, you know, starting it off on just a really positive note and then really asking them like if there's something in particular they would like to be coached on. That's what I always tell my um, clients to come to the session with something like with an intention almost, you know what I mean? Like, so it's not just a, oh, you know, we're all over the place type thing. It's like, okay, this is what you're coming here with. This is what a good solution for you would be by the time we're done having this session. And so we just walk through that in that sense and be, and be, the client is talking for 80% of the time, but I'm asking a lot of questions during that period of time that's actually allowing them to think and form their own thoughts about like exactly how they should handle that situation. You know, whatever it is that, you know, we had agreed upon that, you know, was their issue so that um, the decision is theirs. You know, they own it. There's that power behind it. I love that you start your sessions off with like wins. And so I've been in several communities over the last couple of years And I really enjoy the ones that start off with wins, especially because when you're talking about high achievers, because I'd like to consider myself in that category. I would check that box if it was on like a survey, like a demographic survey, just primarily because I like I never really had to work hard going through school. Like I really never had to study, you know what I mean? Like. And then you get into the real world and the real world starts real world. And you're like, wait a minute, wait, (laughs) well, this is a lot. And especially when you like decide you want to go into business for yourself and you want to grow that business to something that's like not just a hobby. So I have a tendency of like just continually looking forward without ever just enjoying a the present and be just like when I do accomplish things, you know, like I was looking mm-hmm. at my little to-do list in my phone and there were like 500 something tasks done. And granted, they're probably the smallest of tasks in the world, but I'm like, I completed 500 tasks. Like, don't do me, you know? And so I think when you can just celebrate your wins in a very like conscious way on a consistent basis, you realize, you know what? My steps might be incremental, but damn it, I'm stepping. Absolutely. And it makes you have more compassion for yourself, like more self-compassion and give yourself more grace because that's that same like compassion and grace we give others, but we don't give it to ourselves like ever. And so it's definitely a change of pace. So do you ever do any of this work in a group setting? Because I wonder what that dynamic is like if you have or if you have not. Do you feel like that would be a productive dynamic to sort through? 
Yeah. So actually I did one time. It was for some Cox uh, Communications employees, but it was a small group. It was probably about seven of them. And it was like the all the black women, I guess, from like a certain department or whatever. <laughs> and so it was a small group. But um, yeah, I found it was effective, I think, because it was small. It was also because all of the women they didn't all work in the same departments, I guess, like, but they, some of them were familiar with one another, but not all of them. And so it was like, um, but they had the business as, and the leader in common. And so I think that maybe because it was a setting like that, that it was a lot easier for people to be authentic and felt comfortable to really like open up and for it to be productive. And I think I like the way that like other people were able to boost other people because, you know, they understood, you know, had some of the same like feelings about certain things, you know what I mean? So it was like validating in the same sense, even having other questions, you know what I mean? Even if it's just like fact-finding questions, that's like, you know, help to paint a bigger picture. So like in that setting, I do see like what the value in like group coaching was. And I did say I was going to do more things like that, but like in a retreat setting, if anything, like I would love to have retreats and then, yeah, we can have some group coach coaching session for sure. Yes. I love a good retreat. First of all, cause I just came back to the States after three months away. And let me tell you, it's beautiful oh. out there. Okay. And I think just be, even being able to step outside of your like day to day, that's why we love even the quickest vacations, you know, even if it's a quick trip to Miami, we love it because it's like three days away from the day to day. And that in itself is just like, it sparks all kinds of joy. So in terms of both legal services and Elevate Legally, are you currently accepting clients? Are there any specific things coming up on either side or things on the legal side maybe that you're talking with clients about just to make sure they have together that we need to be mindful of? What does that look like in your world? As far as being mindful of, I would say one thing that my firm is, uh, I used to advertise it more as part of my practice. I don't as much, but it is something that is often overlooked, especially by us. So I encourage it as an entrepreneur and as just a person in general, a mother, especially, you know, a single mother couple is to have an estate plan, right? And it's, so if you have a business, an estate planning document that you would want to have is a, a business succession plan, right? Then as an individual, you'd want to have a trust or a will. Most people think that trusts are like reserved for the super wealthy, but they're not. It's like really a substitute for a will. Like, but it's it's allowed to live after the will and it goes, it doesn't go through probate, right? And so the idea of when somebody dies, right, is you know, you're a whole person living a whole life. You got all kind of shit going on, right? Like just think about everything that you do and like all the moving parts, right? And so somebody passes away and there is nobody who was left to control any of that. Like there was no plan in place at all. Like, so somebody just now had to like step in and be you. That's what happens when you don't have an estate plan, right? So just imagine all the chaos that that's going to leave for everybody. If you got children that are young and, you know, daddy's not around, like who's getting the baby, you know, like all kinds of things. But even on a, like with a trust, 
with a will, that's like a final document, right? You go through probate court, you say, these are my wishes. This is what I, who I would want to have what, who's going to get what, when, right? And not when, I'm sorry. It's like, who's going to get what? And you can uh, appoint a guardian for your child in a will. So you do want to have a will and a trust. That's why I say you have both of those, a will and a trust. But the trust is a document that you have, like say, and I do, I have young children. I have a trust, right? And so say I were to pass away before each of them reached the age of 18, right? If all I had was a will, everything that I had would just be going to my children, right? But say they're still not old enough to take on any of that, any of the responsibility, they can't take on the money, you know. A trust allows that money to be held by another person. So who I appoint to my as my trustee and hold on to like not only just money, but even like control of like all of the other things that I had going on. So it really it allows somebody else to really be me in that sense, whoever you appoint. And that document lives for as long as until all your trust assets run out. Right. So if I have like a five million dollar policy life insurance policy that goes into the trust for my kids. But I'm like, hey, I want them to, you know, get this much up until they're the age 18. You know, I want them to like go to these types of schools. I want them to, you know, have this type of whatever. Like that's what having a trust document um, will provide for you. And like I said, the more assets you can put outside of your estate, the less your estate taxes, and I'm not a tax person, because you know you're going to have to pay that death tax because your trust is a separate acting entity. But yeah, you want to have that. And then you want to have the, you know, other more morbid documents, the one like for if you're in the hospital, you know, advanced medical directives, like what would you like to happen if, you know, you needed fluids or, you know, do not resuscitate or... All of those things or who you want to appoint to make those types of decisions for you in case you are unable to make decisions. Secretly, I'm praying that certain members of my family might hear this episode, but I'm not going to push anybody (laughs) (laughs) into listening because we actually so this was actually one of the last episodes we just did. It was um, estate planning 101 for black families. And I did it with an attorney like we have like a mutual connection. And so mm-hmm. you're just reiterating all the things that we talked about because it was the same thing. Trust, yes. uh, you know, like the need to have these documents in place and the fact that without them, like, I don't care how much somebody knows, how many times you tell somebody, how many right. times you told so-and-so where such and such, like none of those things matter. None of them. Let me tell you, probably like a year or two, no, when was it? I think it was pre-COVID. It was like, yeah, it was pre-COVID, right before COVID. One of my clients, he was an older client. He wanted me to amend his will, like do a codicil to his will. And he came into the office and was like, basically like, oh, can you just like do it right now? You know, and I'm like, oh, he's older. I'm like, okay, fine. Because I'm usually, I'm like, I just do it and send it to you. But so I'm like, okay, girl, he died a week later. Oh my gosh. I was so happy I did it though, because we got it notarized and everything like by everyone who was in the office. I was like, oh my God, I would have been like mortified if I had been like, oh, let me just send it back to them. And they would have been like, oh no, he passed away, ma'am. 
Listen, that is why I super stressed this conversation. So I'm glad you brought it up again for us. <laughs> Even though we are absolutely talking, but it's a balance. Like you have to handle your, you have to take care of yourself, but you also have to handle your business. And exactly. this is not the fun part of it, but it's necessary because we are all going to be our maker at some point. And, you know, you want to make sure that the people that you love are prepared when it happens. There is... Still more to be unpacked about both topics. It's plenty. We just grazed the surface <laughs> at the time. But I definitely appreciate you, of course, for dropping all of your gems, sharing your story. And so you say you now you're licensed in what? Are Georgia or any other states? Uh, to practice law, Georgia and California. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yes. Because my so my guess when we talked about estate planning, I think she. Was it was California and somewhere else, but it definitely wasn't Georgia. So I'm so glad to know that you are able to practice or practicing here in Georgia. So that way, anybody who's listening, be like, let me reach out and help with this stuff. Are you like active on socials right now? Like, where online is the best place to find you? Like, keep up with you, get communications from you. What does that look like? I'm most active on Instagram, and my Instagram handle is at official lawyer mommy yes that's no hyphens just official lawyer mommy and yeah you can reach me there you can go on my link in my bio and it'll take you to a whole bunch of different ways to get in touch with me i love it yes i appreciate you so much listen i um i don't know if i said it earlier or not but lily may connected us and um yeah anytime lily sends people my way i'm always just like oh because listen, listen, I just, I love the way that the network network. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate your time and your talents. And hopefully we can do this again. Per usual, I like to close out by just reiterating my gratitude and thanks for my guests and today's guest, Lorraine. I appreciate you. I'm so grateful for you. I am always grateful when people in my network think enough of me to connect me with other dope women in their network. And so this was no exception. I appreciate you sharing kind of the legal basic gems of what it looks like to secure your business, to secure obviously doing things the the legal way, right? But I also appreciate your perspective and your desire to take your own personal transformation and help others transform as well. Whether you need legal services, whether you're looking to elevate in your personal, personal, professional, overall holistic development, I definitely say Lorraine is a source that you need to connect with. Definitely, you can find her across social channels, Elevate Legally. I will also put in the description her social handles, you know, website, best place online to get in touch with her. So, Lorraine, I appreciate you. I cannot wait to see what our budding relationship cooks up. I am always appreciative of women like you who share their stories and take their pain, turn it into purpose and use it to help others. So if you are still listening as an audience member, I appreciate you always. I'm so grateful for y'all. We are rounding out this season two, and it has been such a, such a, such a, such a, such a amazing journey. I really have enjoyed every single minute and I appreciate and enjoy every single one of you for listening. So until next time, you know what it is. It's She Looks Like Me. Looks like me.